With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Still Giggs goes. He's through. He scored. Ryan Giggs. He's at the goal that's played for Manchester United. Right footed. It's a clear header. And it's in the left. Stoker has won the European Cup for Manchester United. Hello and welcome to Strutty News, the Strutty News podcast, Strutty Cast. And there was no show last week due to a chest infection, so there was no gloating about the Liverpool result, which I'm sure we all would have enjoyed. Uh, <laughs> as you can hear, I'm with a, a very special guest, Hector. Um, you might, a lot of our Irish listeners will know Hector from various documentaries and work on, on a lot of platforms here in Ireland. How are you, Hector? Yeah, good, good to talk to you, Dale, and I hope your chest infection is better. Did you have to go for an antibiotic, or did you manage to get rid of yours yourself? I just kept watching Stephen Gerrard sending off, and I cured myself, to be honest. I was happy with that. Uh, look, at my kids, you know, I have a 10-year-old and a 9-year-old. They're very lucky that they've been in United with Daddy as well, and it's a very proud moment when you can when you can bring your sons to Old Trafford as well. But uh, we got a lot of kick out of the Stephen Gerrard heat map. I came up straight away on Twitter. And I have to laugh at these people who can come up with this within seconds. The Stephen Gerrard heat map. And I thought it was the best one ever. I tweeted, I tweeted, I sent it to my brother in Copenhagen, who's a Liverpool supporter, and all those dirty scousers who come out of the woodwork when United play. You know, you don't hear from them one end of the season the other they're all armchair fans they've all got the big beer bellies on with their candy jerseys and their Carlsberg jerseys and the dirty vibe text about and then and then all of a sudden then when United win you don't hear a peep out of them no very very quiet just actually on that speaking of we're both Irish men your, your brother is a, is a Liverpool fan there's, there's, there's a big following here in Ireland from Liverpool fans and United fans and I suppose you're talking about, I suppose, armchair fans too, and a lot of Marvel, a lot of us do make the effort, and we head over across the Irish Sea. Um, I suppose growing up for you, I'm sure you went to school, and there was lots of Liverpool fans around. Liverpool were successful. 
Yeah, look at in Ireland, I don't know. It's in the blood. I grew up in Navan and, um, you know, it was either United or Liverpool in my house. I, I fell in love with United about 78, 79 and the brother was into Liverpool around that time. I remember my mum, uh, she'd always go to the hairdressers on a Saturday and we'd always be watching Dickie Davis on World of Sport and watching the results. The Duke's a hazard to be on as well and we couldn't wait for the results on a Saturday afternoon. There was wrestling on as well. <laughs> it's basically the exact same stuff that's on now with WWE and all that, but... Uh, we had fierce arguments, passionate Man United, passionate Liverpool, and we still have that healthy banter, uh, you know, and I don't mean it in a bad way with armchair fans, but, you know, the Liverpool, the, the, the text can be very vindictive when big games come on, and, you know, the ABU thing has sort of died down a little bit now, but, you know, they're still out there, there's still the great delight when Man United get beaten, or, or you do Man United, but I really, 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 and me and the lads here and the kids, We've really got such enjoyment out of the last six points. These last six points against Spurs and Liverpool have really given us a fresh energy, a faith that was dwindling a little bit, but uh, brilliant to see. Brilliant result against Spurs, brilliant results against Liverpool. Absolutely. And I suppose I, I, I did say it on Twitter before we came on that this is obviously a United podcast, but we're going to speak a bit about FC United. And you've done a documentary or two on FC United, and you know people involved with the club. Yeah. Um, yeah. What did you take from these documentaries as a club, look, a voluntary run club? Yeah, look, I was a, I, I have a good mate who used to work and live in Manchester in a place called Lady Baron. And we used to go up to him regularly in Manchester. Phil and uh, Phil Sheeran, and he used to work in the Manchester Apollo. He got involved with FC United right at the beginning, around the big glaze of the hostile takeover, and they were very, very active and very, very passionate. And it sprung up from that. And look where they've gone this year with their club being built. But I, it was brilliant to see when I went to the film with them for two days. I went to an, uh, uh, an AFC Wimbledon game, I think it was, down in London. And I saw that these passionate Stratford Enders families that have grown up in Manchester, season ticket holders, their dads were there, the grandfathers were there, the young lads were there, and they just were very, very angry at the way football was going, the way Glazier had taken over United, and they were fed up with the ticket prices, they were fed up that they couldn't stand up and sing the songs, they were fed up with this, fed up with that, and you know, it's different for Irish people, because we go over there, we save a few quid, we go to United, we have the few pints, we have the bit of crack and we get out of there. It's a different, there's something different for these people that are living in Manchester and living in the surrounding area that are 110% behind the club. You, you know, I'd love, you know, by chance I was born in Nav and I would have loved to have been born in somewhere else. If I was born in Manchester, of course I'd be going to United, but um, I think FC United have done have gone from strength to strength and it was brilliant to see the way they uh, they had developed from a, that small club to where they are now. The crack at the at the at the game was what stuck to me. The singing, like we don't care about Rio, he don't care about me. Yeah. All we care about is watching FC. There was a sharp sense of humour. There was a sharp wit with these fans, and uh, they wanted friendly, affordable family football. And the season ticket, I don't know how much it was at the time, twenty quid or something. I went to another home game of FC United that way the following week then as well, and. It was a, had a couple of beers. It was just, it was just, it was, you knew you were at the start of something special. And I wish them all the success. And I think basing the club on the on the way they've based the club, the foundations of the club, and the way that the fans are involved right from the beginning, it's something very unique. And I think it will stand the test of time. And on that note, with the takeover, of course, you're, you're quite friendly with Duncan Drasdo from Must, and he tells me he actually owe him a few points. Um, what Jesus, is, he never, ever, 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 <laughs> ever, 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 ever put his hand in his pocket to pay a point. I don't know how it always happens, but Duncan always has a full point. He takes two slugs out of it, and then there's another bloody point waiting for him. 
and uh, <laughs> it's always after the bloody game, but uh, we'd be having a couple of points of Duncan. The best thing about Duncan is the is the is the, is the house on Lumacary Way there, where we can mm. drop in the bags and uh, and see a few lads from MUST. But he's a good character. He was supposed to get these Paul Scholes signed jerseys for me that never materialised. So Duncan, if when you listen to this podcast, podcast, get me that Paul Scholes signed jersey. <laughs> we'll have to make that happen. Just I'll tell you, I'll do a swap. Five points of Stella for the jersey. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, look, I got involved in MUST right at the beginning as well. I ended up buying a couple of shares around the around the time, a couple of grand's worth of shares, and to show my support for the supporters trust. And uh, look, at I still have them. I still have the share on the wall there, and I have my certificate. And I get a letter off the Glaziers Incorporated, and uh, it goes in the bin every time it comes. Brilliant. Uh, just on that, with the Glazers, I suppose, with Mustin, so what are your views? Is it a realistic ambition that maybe one day us as fans will have a greater say in the way this football club is run, or is that totally at the window now? Oh, you know, I think the fans, when they get when you get to the match, whether it's a Champions League match in the midweek, you know, I used to love going over there to the Champions League midweek in the evening time and get up around the ground around five or six o'clock in the evening and, and night time falls and there's something unique and special about going to a match. And for us travelling across as well, it means so much to the Manchester United fans getting over there. But when you get into the stadium, there's nothing that can take away the feeling of that you're, you're, you're behind yeah. your team and, 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 and the fans that go in there. But the Glaziers have turned it into a monster, an absolute commercial monster and taking it further than, than all the other ex-chairmen have, have done. And it really is a marketing, huge marketing vehicle now. Now, having said that, they are splashing the cash. But they are sucking the cash back out of the company with dividends and taking 10 million here and 13. The brothers are, are, are no fools and they are taking the money. But look, at we're in a healthy position financial-wise. I'm just not sure on Woodward. I just don't know, coming from the city, coming from London, you know, I watched the, the watched. I finally got to see the Wolf of New York the other day or whatever that was called with Leonardo DiCaprio. What's it called? The Wolf, the Wolf of Wall, Wall Street. Street. Yeah, Woodward to me, I don't know if he's a footballing man. I don't know what his knowledge of the game is. I don't know... Uh, the transactions were a bit strange last year. Having said that, 25 or 45 minutes of Marrow and Fellini against Manchester against Liverpool has restored a lot of faith as well. Yeah. He was absolutely outstanding. He was obviously nervous last year. We bought him. Was it an impulse buy, paying 30 million or whatever for Fellini with David Moyes? But maybe, maybe he's shown signs that he could be. So anyway, Woodward wouldn't enamour me much as a chairman. But having said that, what other chairman do we like in, in, in English football? It's just becoming... English football is a huge... And a lot of American owners are coming in now. You but know, David Gill got a lot of stick as well. Yeah, he did. He did. It's a hard position to be in. I think the Fergie and David Gill and Fergie and Martin Edwards were very, very tight. They were very, very tight. I just don't think Woodward and, and Ferguson would have got on. I think, you know, I don't know what age Woodward is, but he seems to me, not that he's out of his depth footballing-wise, his, his football is, was he glued to the soccer as a young lad? Did he play ball? Did I know you don't have to know these things to be a, chief executive of a club but it certainly does help but um, look at the Americans are buying the snapping up clubs left right and centre and that's the way the premiership has gone and the amount of money that was paid by Sky for the new deal like I heard Discovery came in with an offer of 5.5 billion that's Discovery Channel and in a couple of years time Discovery will be gone mainstream you'll be watching sport and and games on Discovery so it's a changing world of media but uh they're obviously no fools. They're investing these billions because they know there's billions to be made. And it's the same with the Glazers. Uh, I just care about what happens on the pitch. I just care about Manchester United winning trophies and uh, and, and playing the Manchester United way. That's all I care about. 
A question sent in. Um, you've had one or two very good interviews with Roy Keane, and and this reader has asked, what is the secret to him opening up? When you meet Roy Keane, and they say never, you should never meet your idols, and I think that's a load of bollocks. I think, you know, I was excited meeting Roy Keane that morning. I was doing something through my radio show with the guide dogs, and uh, we met. We had a cup of tea in his room for about forty-five minutes before it happened. Just me and himself and my producer, and. Uh, he has a dark, wry smile. He's got a, a he winks, he smiles. You, it's as if you're at school with him. You know your mate at school who was always up for a bit of messing. Mm. You can see that in Roy Keane. I know he is a, people say he's a dark side and a deep side, but I just found him, uh, I just found him good fun. Again, I'm an Irish guy. He's an Irish lad. We sat in the room and had a bit of banter. Uh, there was no, I just think with Keno, I think Keno knows very astutely what's coming up media wise. He knows the type of interview it's going to be. He knows what he has to do for the media thing. I think with me, he relaxed because he knew there was no issues. I wasn't trying to second chance him. I wasn't going to try and catch him on the hop. I wasn't going to ask him any awkward question. I just wanted to sit like if he was at, in the pub with me having a pint. And uh, we got a great 45-minute interview out of him. And, 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 and talking about Scalzi and Nicky Button and all that. And I wasn't trying to talk about the stuff we've heard a million times. Yeah. Boy. It just You know, you want to try and have a bit of... Just like you're sitting in a pub and you've never met a guy before and you spark up a conversation. I think they're the conversations that work. I think they're the ones that people will listen to, and 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 hopefully through them conversations with him, I, we we got to talk about, you know, different things. We were, you know, he said, "I like him. I like him a lot." And uh, I'm glad he's got rid of the beard, which was quite menacing. <laughs> Actually, on that note, you mentioned that when you met him, you met him like like having a beer with him, um, a chat and a friendly chat. When I when I met Gary Neville there in January. I didn't go to the interviewer and wanting to get this big joint exclusive or this or get him in trouble. I wanted to go there to talk about the good times and get some insight on things, things that we yes. don't know. Normal yeah, yeah, football fans yeah. don't know. But that's an Irish deal. That's coming from an Irish angle, and I think as well as that, I think you were you weren't a, a threat to Gary Neville, or you weren't. I think obviously he knew you'd done straight news and stuff, and I think they're fairly smart. These guys, who they'll talk to and who they won't talk to. Um, I think Roy Keane has been harassed a lot of times. I know yeah. he, he probably doesn't trust certain journalists. He probably knew the style of shows that I'd done. He probably heard of maybe his family had watched some of the shows I'd done on, on Irish TV at the time. So he might have done, he knew certain things. So I think there was no guard there. There was no, like, he let me into his into his room in the hotel and we had a, we ordered a pot of tea and we had, the, we had great banter and took a load of photos at the end. And, uh, it was just like two lads having a chat, and I think that's the way I approach. I, I'd approach any anyone, especially a superstar like Roy Keane. But you know, he he was such a such a player, such a great player, and uh, he did. He bought he, uh, you know 120 percent for United. There'll never be another midfielder like him, and you know they don't make them like that anymore. No, um, to suppose too, you you share um, a common interest, a number of common interests with the great Sir Alex Ferguson. Not just football, not just United, but a big passion of yours is horse racing. Um, did you ever interview Fergie? No, I never met Fergie. I was close to him one time when the Man United Superstore opened in Dublin years ago, um, which was ill-fated. But you often wonder, why doesn't the Manchester United Superstore work in Ireland? And that was there near Dawson Street or near Westmoreland Street. But I was never uh, at a function with him. I know Johnny Murta a couple of years ago, when I was doing Only Fools by Horses, wanted a few extra DVDs. And uh, he was riding for Fergie at the time for Bally Doyle. And uh, he sent him over the DVD of that when I bought a cheap horse. Now, I bought a horse for 700 quid. Fergie spent a few more quid on his horses, but uh, whether he's seen it or not, I, I, I often wonder, but uh, I never got to meet the man, never got to meet him. What are your views, I suppose, some of the viewers might, or listeners might be a bit younger, 
and prior to the prior to the Glazer takeover, there was a huge controversy um, between Ferguson and and John Magnard time the harsh rock that you brought there. Um, I suppose could you talk us through your 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 view on that? Was um yeah, but you see, Man United at the time was was open game. Man United was like this this really. This, 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 you know, the shares were flying around the place. People were buying into United. Rubicon Investments, that was Magna and McManus, were a smart operation. They're multi-billionaires and they're no fools again. They knew what they were investing in. Mike Dillon brought Fergie into the, uh, from Ladbrokes, brought, brought Fergie into the game. And obviously, if you have millions of quid, you want to do something at the weekend. Like, look at Michael Owen and he, his mm. horse won at the weekend in Dubai, but he's pumped millions, millions into his own mares and his own breeding. But Fergie, bought, Fergie got involved with Mike Dillon, who introduced him to the lads. Obviously, if, if you know, if you sell a leg of a horse for a couple of hundred grand, you're obviously buying a, a very expensive car. If you buy a horse for 500 quid, it's like Ford Fiestas versus BMWs, you know. <laughs> Fergie bought a really, really expensive horse that was really high profile. And they knew, Coolmore knew, it was going to be good business for them. It got very, very messy in the end. The McManus and Magners made 80 million quid or whatever they made straight out of the sale. They bought shares for 35 or whatever they paid, and then they sold them. They're businessmen. And you can't fault them for that. Do you know, there's been loads of other businessmen that bought shares around that time that nobody knows about. But because they were Irish, they were harsh people, and they were involved, they bought the shares. Now, maybe, maybe, I don't know what the deals was. Was Fergie saying, did Fergie give them a, give them a heads up regarding the share price? I don't know. Did Martin Edwards? You don't know. You don't know at the time or whoever was. But... I remember the T-shirts outside Old Trafford. They had pictures of McManus and Magner, cattle dealers wanting for wrangling. Cattle, <laughs> uh, no, wanting for tangling. And it was like two guys, two cowboys, and behind bars for dealing with shares with Manchester United. But Fergie bought a brilliant horse, but it got very, very messy near the end because the stud fees went, you know, when that horse goes to stud, you can make millions. Fergie thought he was entitled to the stud fees. Coolmore thought different. Then it became an explosion on the media that Fergie had fallen out, that Coolmore had fallen out, and that these people had made money out of United and all this. So it was pretty messy at the time. And there was a lot of bad feeling towards McManus. JP McManus is a great horseman. John Magner, who's another very successful man, a great horseman as well, employs lots of people in your area there. Mm. But um, it got messy there. It got messy. It got messy. It got messy. And I, I do know United fans that hold it strongly against Ferguson the way the Glazers take came in. Um it was believed that he was he was obviously against the takeover, so was David Gill, but as soon as the money was on the table, they obviously didn't speak out about it. And I was disappointed with Fergie's book and I, I expected more I expected a chapter on, on what we're talking about right yeah, now. Yeah, you're right. I said it to you when I, t- I said it to you last night. I thought the book was middling and I'm a big sports autobiography fan. I thought the book was middling. He gave us some nuggets of information but again, we've heard it all on Twitter. We've we've read all the stories on the papers. We've heard the hair dryers. We've heard it kicking this and kicking that and hitting Beckham. We've heard all those stories. I wanted something else from Fergie, you know. Although he did speak about the players, the way he spoke about Yapstam and how he how he dismantled that team and and, and built again. But uh, yeah, you were saying you were there was no there was nothing on there was there should have been a there should have been a chapter the Rock of Gibraltar. Mm. No, I, I, the, he's writing another book now. I think it's with a different angle at the moment. And I was just—I thought the book was a disappointment. He could have opened up more. Like he, no loss to him. I know he's still a an employee at the club and so on. But he would have been would have been a lot more respected. I think if he did come out and tackled issues that we really, really wanted to learn about. Yeah, but, but I don't blame I don't blame John Magner and McManus for buying those shares and selling them on as profit. The businessman. That's exactly it. You know, but 
but but the whole Rocket Gibraltar thing and it was all tangled in. But Mike Dillon is the guy from Ladbrokes that introduced Fergie to all of them. So he was maybe he was involved. Maybe they're all involved. I don't have a clue. But there was a lot of money involved. And it was very very successful horsing. As uh, somebody said to me, I did a show called Only Fools by Horses where I bought a horse for five hundred quid and. Uh, and it was very popular here. We sold it to 20 countries around the world. But as my trainer told me then, he's a Waterford man. He said, Hector, when somebody puts 20 quid on a horse and when there's money involved, people change straight away. And uh, when you're dealing with multi million, millions and millions of euro there of pounds as well, mm. it, it, it can change people, do you know? You've done a lot of um, documentaries and a lot of stuff on the Basque regions. And I was speaking to a journalist that um, he has some family from these regions. So he was interested in me asking this question. Uh, a, a big fan favourite at the moment is Andy Herrera, who, co- who comes from the Basque region. Yeah, um, you've been there. Yeah, yeah. But I, I went there. I went there first in 1992 uh, for a couple of weeks, and I ended up staying four years in, the, in Bilbao. I became a passionate supporter of Athletic Bilbao. I, spe- I, spe- I spoke no Spanish when I went over. Obviously, they speak Basque in that area, and it's a very interesting little province because just like in Irish and English, there's there's no there's no comparison at all the languages are completely different basque is, is is x's and y's and z's like iscari gasco is like e-s-k-e-r-i-s-k-k-o is thank you a-g-u-r is ahur it's it's a goodbye kaisho is hello k-a-x-i-o so their languages they're very passionate about their language they're very passionate about their area and athletic bilbao uh, the candy stripes of is based on the shipbuilders that came in in the 20s and 30s that were working on the big river in bilbao and they based them, they're, they're all English lads that came down from Tyneside. So their jersey is based on those lads. And, and, it, and it's a great football club. Very, very, you know, to be the only club in the world that doesn't allow foreign players into the team. Community. You have to be born, mm. born and bred. It's a fantastic. It's a, like you just don't get that in world football, do you? And the fact that uh, in the league they're competing in the Spanish top division. That, that's oh, that every year. Mm. Every year. They're there every year. They're in the they're in the Copa del Rey final, which is incidentally, which is a load of shite in Spain as well. Madrid was supposed to host the, uh, the Bernabeu was supposed to host the Copa del Rey final this year. Who got to the final? Athletic Bilbao against Barcelona. Mm. They've said they've given the fingers to Barcelona and they've said we don't want it in Bernabeu. So now Athletic Bilbao have to go to Barcelona and play in the new camp. Yeah, it's rubbish. It's rubbish. rubbish. But they're a very proud team. It's a brilliant city. There's about a million people in uh, Bilbao. It's divided by the river, just like Dublin, and there's all hillsides all around. Beautiful area. Um, and as I say, I didn't speak Spanish when I went over there, but I became. Uh, I, I just fell in love with the area. And I remember going to San Mamés, the old San Mamés, and seeing the uh, Milan team, AC Milan, in about 1993 or 94. They came on a pre-season friendly. And this was a team of Frank Rijkaard, Marco van Basten, Stoichkov, Romario. Like, uh, they had such football players. It was on. No, no, that was the Barcelona team. Uh, the Milan team came as well. Milan had van Basten. They had Rude Hullet. They had Franco Baresi. Lads, close that door. And there was a, a round robin team. But the Barcelona team that came as well as Stoichkov, Romario, and all that. So, um, I loved going to the matches. Great atmosphere in San Mamés. Now they've built a brand new stadium as well. Uh, it holds a little bit more as well. But they're very passionate. You know, they bring they bring their big flask of wine and their butter. You'd see them drinking out of a little brown flask. They'll have their cigars. They'll have their chorizo and cheese sandwiches at half time, and then they'll get out their white flags and or they'll get out their white handkerchiefs and twist them if they're not happy. And 
very passionate the Basques and uh, it's an amazing thing as I said earlier that they do not allow foreigners onto the team that you have to be reared in that province in that county and uh, they it's, have a, it's a great model yeah but they've had so many model. good players you know you look at Guy Cochea and Ander Guy Cochea and Zubi Zaretta and all the players uh, for now, all the players that have gone on from Bilbao um, as Palaqueta all those players that have gone on and, and from the Basque country and now we bought Ander Herrera. Was it was it because of the result in the UEFA Cup two years ago when he ran the pitch? Uh, no idea. I, I think Ferguson had an eye on him um, for some time. David Moyes obviously had an eye on him, and that became a bit of a, a bit of a bizarre case of events when you know went over on deadline day. And yeah, he was supposed to come to us, and he didn't come to us, and then he wasn't going to come. And fact sheets and so on. They took so long to to go through, and I think he he was left deeply. Um, deeply upset by it all and what he was upset with was that as you mentioned they're, they're a very proud club and I think Lauriente is another example of when he wanted to push a move the, man- yeah. the manager had dropped him for a, a long period of time and Herrera got that stint as well they, they, they want players that want to be at Bilbao and they're proud of that yeah. and when, when something happens like you look at um, La, uh, what's the defender right now um, Labart Labart um, the French defender, and he, he's there. But you see, he's um, he wants a move, and he, he's open to a move to Manchester United, but he won't come out in an interview. He's not going to say that because he's wary. He yeah, 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 I know the Ander Herrera thing. He was supposed to come to us, and uh, we had all this shite that officials had travelled from Manchester to sign him. But I think when he when when we were beaten heavily by... Remember we were beaten at home? The Europa League. In the Europa League. Mm. Didn't Athletic Bilbao beat us by a couple of goals in all traffic? <laughs> well, they ran us around the place. Embarrassed. Yeah. Obviously, United were a little bit smarting and a bit pissed off that they were in the upper league. And maybe this is be this is beyond us, or we're bigger than better than this. But do you know what? Again, again, uh, just like just like anything, like David de Gea. I remember when Fergie signed him after the Europeans under twenty ones when Spain won about three seasons ago. Spain won the under twenty one, and de Gea flew into United the next day as a nineteen year old, skinny nineteen year old. He put pen to paper, spoke no English. And I was there going, you know, that's a fantastic sign. And Fergie saw something in David De Gea. A new offer has been put on the table today, I think, of 200 and something thousand a week. So I hope he ta- it takes it. But look at the way David De Gea has... Have you ever, did you ever think that he was going to be going to become a man of the match, player of the season, hands down? He, he had quality. And I remember you mentioned he was a skinny Spaniard coming lanky. in. And He's did, like a little lanky Van der Sar. The, the jersey looked like a nightcap. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big lanky head in him and all this. And again, look at the way he strengthened up, like when Ronaldo came to us. You know, mm. Ronaldo found his biceps in Manchester. He was like Michael Flatley. But like, isn't that a great sign from David? And to see where De Gea is now, and at the moment, forget about Manuel Neuer. Or I hate this shite about Courtois. I just can't understand why the media think he is the number one keeper in the world at the moment. Because pound for pound. On the season's performance, David De Gea is the number one keeper in the world, hands yeah. down. And he's and we always said Schmeichel and Van der Sar were 10 points, 13 points, 16 points to United. David De Gea has been worth 100 points to United this season. But the Spanish connection at United is so strong now, I think it was brilliant for Herrera to come over and fit in with Mata. And then and then you've got Varane, who looks a little bit... Or, or Di Maria. And now you've got your man uh, Valdez in there as well. So there's a, there's a whole load of them that are going home having their cafes con leche and cooking tortillas on a Saturday night. Brilliant. And speaking of Saturday nights and so on, before we do wrap this up, we're, we're both Irish men. I think most Irish people agree you're as mad as a hatter. I think we all have that in us. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Look at, look at people. Look you have at, to have the crack. 
Yeah, but that's the type of shows I make. And luckily enough, I've been very lucky, man. I've been traveling the world doing my shows and I've done some interesting ones in Ireland as well. And people like my shows and, mm. and Touchwood long may continue. Absolutely. Um, speaking on that, and we, I think we've all went through them. Have you any funny stories from your trips over to Manchester? I'm sure you have uh, plenty. Okay, look at, look at, look at. I used to look going <laughs> I, I loved it. I'd never forget the Rangers Champions League. Remember the Rangers? Yeah. Remember when we played Rangers about, was it eight or nine or ten years ago? Longer than that? Jesus, we went over to be seven another lad from Cork. He used to be in a band called Bass Odyssey. His name is Alan O'Keefe. And shout out to the New York Manchester City fans that are listening to this. There's a lot of Manchester United fans in New York. Big shout out to Alan O'Keefe and Graham and all the boys from, uh, from Cork who are living over there. But, uh, He's the only man, he's the only, I send him a direct message to New York every time we score and he's up at four in the morning watching us at whatever time it is. Um, but myself and himself went over to see, watch Rangers a couple of years ago and uh, we started on the juice early on in the day. We went into a, we went into a pub, they were, they were still mopping the floors of the pub when we went in with, with, with uh, Parazone and Jay's Fluid and I nearly choked on my pint of Stella at 11 o'clock in the morning. And by the time I got to the, by the time I got to the ground, I didn't even know my name at about nine hours later after that. Uh, I went over to the sixth. Remember we beat Arsenal six two. Yeah, seventeen of us went over. My mate was going to Australia. It was his going away party. So being Irish and deciding to get a good run at it, the match was on Sunday when we beat Arsenal six two. We decided to go over Thursday morning. So we had all day Thursday, no sleep. All day Friday, no sleep. Into Saturday with a little bit of food and a little bit of sleep. By Sunday, by Saturday night at about five in the morning or whatever, I had to find a room where we were staying. I locked the key. <laughs> I got the dressing table and I pushed it up against the door because there was lads going, "Get out of here! What are you doing? You get out! No sleep!" I got into a taxi to go. Got into a cab to go to United that morning. I didn't even know my name. Uh, my voice was gone. I didn't even know. I couldn't have been. I could have been in White Hart Lane for all I knew. <laughs> we did get a good run at the game. I've gone over there on a Thursday, and I remember on the Monday then it started snowing, and we had to stay till Tuesday. So Brilliant! <laughs> Brilliant! More excuse. Ah, uh, look, we 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 had some good ones. I used to enjoy when Leeds were in the Premiership as well. Uh, myself and the missus would go over and get a gig in 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 the Apollo, and it was great banter, especially when Leeds came to town. Having said that, it'll be a long time before Leeds are bloody in yeah. the Premiership again. But look, it's always a good weekend. You never, it never ceases to amaze me how many Irish people go over and the money that's spent and the, the interest on the Ryanair flight and the Aer Lingus flight and those thousands of people that go over every weekend to matches. You know, I, I used to get over five and six times a season. Uh, my lads have been lucky enough to go over twice or three times and they're 10 and 11 years of age. But it's brilliant to meet all the Irish fans over there when you go to the match, go into the Bishop's Blaze. If you're lucky to get in there, it's becoming a bloody VIP club at this stage or into the Trafford, Trafford Bar or whatever. Trafford Arms, but it's it's it certainly is a unique moment. And uh, I had a friend recently who went over for the first time, a lifelong Man United fan, and he was nearly crying. He was over at the Arsenal game in the cup, and he was nearly crying. And he brought his young lad with him, and I could, he was just he left his phone on so he, he, he I could hear the chanting and the songs that we know he was singing them. And it was it's different when you get to the ground and and you know you can sing these chants and you know you're in with your with your United family. Absolutely. Or Hector, oh, yeah, I brought Pete, I'll tell you a good one. I brought Pete Boyle on a tour. Of, Pete Boyle came in when he had that song, uh, when Johnny goes marching down uh, yeah, the yeah. wing, O'Shea, O'Shea. <laughs> when Johnny goes dashing down the wing, O'Shea, O'Shea, when Johnny goes The Stratford end, that one. So uh, Pete Boyle came in for a tour of you uh, uh, to launch that single. About, must be 10 years ago again. And I brought him to Galway to the Radisson Hotel. I right. sold 300, 350 tickets. 
Manchester United fans, I had a 25-foot screen with the best 1,000 United goals. That guy was talking about Alan O'Keefe from Base Odyssey, who now lives in New York. He was the DJ playing all the Manchester sounds. Great. And I printed out the 50 most famous songs that Pete had written for United. And we chanted, how sad are we? 350 people. There was mothers, grannies, sons, daughters. They were all in. And I all looking at the hymn sheet. And they were do like this, on to the next song. Here we go to the next song. And twist over a bit of paper. It was like... Uh, it was uh, it was funny. It was funny with Pete and all that. That was that was a good one as well. So we've had some we've had some good fun. I always keep in touch with him when I get over there and see a few lads I know, like Duncan and all the lads. So it's good. Hector, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, Dale, great, great Dale, Continue yeah. success with Streddy News, and uh, someday we'll meet. We'll go over there. Uh, I don't know if we'll stand in a pub at eleven o'clock in the morning. Oh, we'll give it uh, a shot. We'll give it a shot, but we need to go for a snooze in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Hector, before well, we do go, continue success to it. And have you any plans for the future? that listeners can can keep an ear out for. Yeah, look at today. Uh, there's a lot of stuff happening in the radio. Uh, uh, I'll be talking to Today FM about stuff, and I have a few interesting TV shows coming up. I've one that I'm working on at the moment in America, and if it takes off, it could go well. And uh, so it's all it's all good. It's all good. But uh, my love of United doesn't die. The, the Sky Sports is on here. Man United Television has come on leaps and bounds as well, hasn't it, from what, what it was in the beginning? Yeah. Um, I, I suppose I, I watched the, the reserves game on LF, LFC TV. was free at the time, so I watched it on that, now in Liverpool, the reserves. And people can slag MUTV off for being biased, and it can be. By the way, I absolutely adore Paddy Crown. I think he's fantastic. He's I, hate, I think I fucking hate Paddy Crown. Really? I think he's absolutely, he should be fucking sent to the nursing home. I I've a lot of time for him, I've a lot of time for him. Oh, come on, I, I just can't handle, he sure he can't hear what they're saying half the time. <laughs> no, Paddy Crown and David May needs to be just taking it. Having said, some of the stuff is good. I'll tell you who's nice though. Who's that little Northern Ireland one on it? That is Johnny Evans' wife, that's Haley. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. <laughs> that's Haley Evans. David May does be flirting with her. Is that Haley Evans? <laughs> David May is very good friends with Johnny Evans and, and Haley. No, yeah. no, no wonder, no wonder Johnny Evans likes it getting getting injured. He is a lie in then. <laughs> Absolutely, she might be his physio. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that who Johnny Evans is tipping away? Lovely. Yeah. You, so, you yeah. learn something new every day, Dale. Good Irish blood. There you go. I I wish his defending. I, I wish his defending. What do you think of Rojo? Rojo, I think. Can be a bit rash. I think over time he he'll get a lot more comfortable. But this season, in terms of centre halves, Chris Morden's come on with game time. Um, but I think Rojo, as a first season, he hasn't done too bad. I think over time he will improve. I hope. But we, I think we definitely will see a new centre half in the summer. Yeah, but look at you know, point behind Arsenal. Arsenal have had a great run the last couple. We'll leave it at this. Arsenal have had a great run the last couple of weeks. And but you, the six points for United has really. Rejuvenated all of us, you know. You know, I'll, we'll all support them through tick and tin. And there's been some thin moments on the pitch as well. But, but you know, there's three points against Liverpool, the three points against Spurs. If we can build on that now, Rain Rooney looks like a new man at the moment. Mm. Uh, it's time to get rid of Van Persie. He's only a sulky old prick anyway. Time to get rid of him. <laughs> Brilliant. We'll leave it on that note then. Hector, we'll it's a fucking pleasure, Van man. Pleasure. Van Dale, listen, keep the red flag flying high. Absolutely, Hector. Love it, mate. Thanks a million. See you later. Salon. Still Giggs goes, he's through, he scored, Ryan Giggs, he's at the goal that's put it for Manchester United.
right-footed, it's a clear header, and it's in the net! Sokjar has won the European Cup for Manchester United! Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.